a Jesus Youth Podcast on the Lives of Saints. Hi everyone, welcome back. Uh, today's a great feast, it's the Solemnity of St. Joseph, and we also have a guest with us, Sean Thomas. Hi everyone, uh, my name is Sean, and I'm originally from Chicago, and I moved here to Florida. I'm part of the 10-month Amoris Christi Formation Program, as part of Jesus Youth, and I'm happy to be here and talk about St. Joseph. You know, one of the main reflections that I had today about St. Joseph is about the, the profound silence that person had throughout his life Mm -hmm. because in the scripture we don't read much about him Uh, actually we read but he never talks in the scripture he only had visions or dreams and he did everything he was a man of action and no words Mm. (laughs) yeah so I was just thinking like you know that is a very important aspect and also today's quote from Pope Benedict in which he says like let us allow ourselves to be infected by saying Joseph's silence And we need it greatly in a world that is often too noisy, that does not favor meditation or listening to the voice of God. I was really stuck by that word infected, especially at this time when the whole world is talking about (laughs) an infection of another kind that is spreading so fast. So we should have these kind of divine infections. So I really like that term. Uh, We should be infected by St. Joseph's silence. When one person is infected, he can... Infect another person. Yeah, so, we're seeing that. Yeah, we're seeing yeah, we're the seeing easy, that. the spread, the How transmission. Spreads, yeah. yeah. So I think we, as Catholics, if we get infected with this silence, you know, imagine how much silence could be in this world. But that would be one of the most profound time. Also, uh, you know, when I was doing my thirty day silence, I heard that the the highest level of human act, the uh, activity of human mind, mm-hmm. is contemplation. Mm. It's contemplation. We think that when we are in silence and contemplating, we do nothing. But that's not the truth. Mm. You know, our mind gets into uh, an activity or uh, in another realm so that, you know, we are continuously in the presence of God. And that is truly the activity of God. Yeah. And our mind is so active. That's so what so do you true. think about that, Sean, about the silent St. Joseph? And you are a young person. So what do you think about uh, the relevance of this uh, uh, with young people? Yeah, so I think silence is a quality that is difficult to attain, especially in our busy world and with so much noise coming from all over the place, but it's possible. Mm. You can attain silence, and it will take effort, but it's an invitation to really look into yourself and see who you are and reflect upon the certain aspects of yourself and the things that go about your day. And it's really an opportunity to find you in the midst of the busy world that you are in. And I see, and this recently, these past few days, and being in the formation program that I'm in, silence has been such a significant um, factor in this formation program to be aware of certain things that we struggle with and be aware of the good good qualities we have. And therefore, in total, be having a comprehensive understanding of how to approach certain situations, how we behave in certain situations, and how to respond to certain situations. Mm-hmm. And um, it's possible, but we need to take the time. Okay, so what you are trying to say is like, silence is difficult usually for especially young people was it difficult for you earlier yeah in the beginning it was really difficult because how can i sit still my mind is racing with so mm-hmm. many thoughts how mm-hmm. can i ever think about one particular thing at one moment at a time mm-hmm. but what i found is the more i did it the more i found myself at ease mm-hmm. the more i found myself at 
it's okay to have these racing thoughts. Because I remember whenever, mm. whenever I have holy hour or if I'm just sitting there thinking about stuff, in the beginning, first 15, 20 minutes, my mind is racing. Mm. But I understand that's, that's part of the process. Mm. It's part of the process to get to that silence. Mm. And the rest 30 minutes or 40 minutes, I find myself at peace. I find mm. myself at ease and not having mm. any racing so, thoughts. So what you are saying is like we need some kind of uh, a, a training to that yeah. to do that right? yes like practicing okay so you know one of the things that nitya and sean that first comes to my mind when i think about that training is like my first spiritual director he used to tell me like you know you should teach the youth contemplation i'm like how can we teach somebody contemplation you know mm-hmm. that's almost 20 years ago so i'm like how can we teach that he said what do you think you know our human mind is always active it is always thinking about something. Mm-hmm. So when we talk, think about contemplation or contemplating God, it's like all these thoughts could streamline to God. Means your mind is always thinking, but somehow through practice you can think about God all the time. Like, oh wow, he said that takes, uh, that needs practice. So I agree with you, Sean, when you said that that takes practice and it comes after some time, right? With mm-hmm. the deliberate attempt. But Absolutely. for me, even after all these years, it's difficult sometimes, yeah. but, but it is possible. So, uh, so one point is like, it takes training, but also like, uh, from what you were saying, Sean, I was getting like silence, uh, gives us more time to reflect, right? Does, reflect about ourselves mm-hmm. and about the world and in general. So mm-hmm. what else do you want to talk about that? Nidia? Yeah, I think for me, St. Joseph, um, has always been a profound image of the father and his silence actually contributes to, um, to that image so much because, the father is so silent, but his silence doesn't mean that he's absent. St. Joseph was fully present to Mary, to Jesus, um, uh, guiding them, protecting them, and, and with them in, in their journey, and with them, you know, even when um, Jesus was lost in the temple, and then also with them in uh, in his death, in his holy death, right? Mm-hmm. And so for me, I knowing knowing the the father is constantly present he may he Mm. may be silently present but even in that silence as you were saying it's not just a contemplation that i'm doing but it's actually being with god in his silence because that's how he speaks Mm. that that is the 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 way that god speaks and i still remember one of the experiences in in taze is that um brother roger he he um he was so adamant about making sure that there was 10 minutes of silence during each prayer. And it's, you know, as we were talking, Sean, as you were saying, just um, trying to enter into that silence, being difficult in the busyness of our lives. With Teze, there are, you know, thousands of young people that come. I mean, talk about busy outside of the Resurrection Church. It's just craziness mm-hmm. and people moving and talking and young people engaging with each other. But you come into the church and during that 10 minutes, you see all these young people completely silent. And um, I still remember being so profoundly touched by that and to see that it's not just possible, but to see everyone really entering into that presence of the Lord, um, entering into that realization of who they are, but also with God, knowing and seeing and understanding themselves in Mm. and with and through God. Um, yeah, so uh, so I think one of the things that people always misunderstand is like, you know, in silence, we don't hear anything. Mm. But mm. that's absolutely wrong. Yeah. When we are silent, like, you know, we shut all these doors uh, of our external senses. But 
you know, in a way, like when we are really in communion with God, the in, inner sense is also open. Mm. So then, then we can really clearly hear God. Yes. But even in silence, like, you know, when we don't talk, when nobody else is talking, we could still hear that, uh, that, that, you know, that profound uh, talking actually happening in, uh, in the nature, mm-hmm. in the nature. Like, so silence is uh, a, a time when we can really, really mm-hmm. hear, hear yeah. Yeah. many things from God. So that is really good. But also, don't you think at this time when the whole church is going through a time of uh, another kind of silence, yeah. like a liturgical silence. Uh, I mean, liturgy is happening, mass is happening, but somehow, you know, uh, the public or the faithful is having no access to what is happening inside the church. We are seeing live telecast, all these things. But yesterday when I heard this news, like churches in Palm Beach is closing, for half a day, I was just wailing and mourning and so many tears. But like I said yesterday, I had some discussion with my spiritual director and everything. And one of the things that really helped me was this uh, book by Colonel Ratzinger, uh, Pilgrim Fellowship of Faith, in, in one of the essays, how he talks about how you know the early church used to practice this kind of uh, an abstinence or, uh, or a kind of a separation from communion. Mm-hmm. Yesterday we were talking about how, what St. Augustine used to do. But uh, Pope, you know, he continues to say that in the early church, there was a most expressive exercise of, um, uh, you know, since the time of apostles, Eucharistic fasting on Good Friday. Oh, yeah. Can you believe that? On Good Friday, wow. we are not taking, uh, we are not receiving Jesus. That was a part of the church spirituality of communion. Hmm. And it, it may be strange. Then how are we achieving this communion? Not receiving communion in one of the most holy days of churches here, which was celebrated with no mass and without any communion of the faithful, was a particularly profound way of sharing in the passion of the Lord. Yeah. And how do we participate in the passion of the Lord? We, we do that by the sorrowing of the bride from whom the bridegroom has been taken away. In Mark 2.20, we read like, you know, on that day when the groom is taken away, they will fast. Mm-hmm. You know, Jesus says that. So it's the sorrow of the uh, bride. He, her bridegroom is taken away. He's dead. He's right. taken away. Right. So we are entering into that sorrow. Mm-hmm. I cannot even imagine that sorrow of a bride from whom the groom is being taken away. Mm-hmm. So it is a profound way of sharing in that passion of the Lord by doing this, by uh, uh, joining ourselves with the passion of his bride. And uh, Pope, uh, Pope says that, you know, Colonel Ratzinger says that, I think that a Eucharistic fast of this kind, if it were deliberate and experienced as deprivation, could even today be properly significant on certain occasions that would have to be carefully considered mm. as a days of penitence. Yeah. So somehow we are at a time in the history of the church where all over the world people are going through this. So at first, this is like alarming. We may have many questions about this, but this reading literally helped me to think about something, like think uh, deeply about, you know, how we are taking this communion even other days, when during other days when we could take it. Pope says that, you know, uh, sometime, uh, sometime, you know, we need a, a, a cure for falling into mere habit and its dullness. Sometimes we need to be hungry need bodily and spiritual hunger, so as once more to comprehend the Lord's gifts and to understand the suffering of our brethren who are hungry. So spiritual hunger like bodily hunger can be a vehicle of love. So I was like thinking, you know, I I thought many ways in which how I can receive communion, where should I go and knock (laughs) at which door. And today even I got an invitation to go for a personal mass. 
but there was mass in the church last uh, thing i went but today after adoration i felt like lord it was difficult for me yesterday but today when i thought about it i was like man if i could receive communion what would my neighbors do like you know other jews uh, like you know who lives close by what would they do like it is like hoarding food <laughs> and i only eat right yes. so so i i i felt i said in front of the blessed sacrament like lord i want to enter into this fast i want to enter into the suffering of your body i want to become one with the whole church that is suffering mm. so lord please if this is your will give me the more joy and courage and uh, a kind of a of a sense of divine to enter into this ever since i am at peace so why i'm sharing this is because i know that i got so many texts so many emails from my friends saying mm-hmm. like how do we go through this yeah. people were saying i'm angry i am lost you know i'm desperate so many words so i'm like yeah i was there a few minutes ago <laughs> like you know yesterday evening i got this text so but that yesterday evening onwards i i was at peace and with the vigil of saint joseph i i was simply meditating on a on a picture of saint joseph with you know him embracing jesus in such a joyful way I'm like man Saint Joseph would have never received Eucharist I don't know maybe there's a high probability because he died before Jesus established Eucharist and everything that's what we believe or we think mm-hmm. from the church so I could be wrong I'm not sure but <laughs> just looking at that picture I'm like man but he he was a person who had such profound communion with the Lord yeah so I prayed with Saint Joseph oh good father saint joseph please teach me those ways in which we can enter into such profound communion with the lord yeah. mm, you know wow. even when we are not able to receive eucharist and and at the end you know nitya you sent me that quote from um, saint uh, saint therese can you say about that uh, like uh, saint therese is talking about uh, what she should uh, what we should be doing when at this time of uh, uh, severe deprivation of uh, Uh, you know you cast yeah so saint therese of lisieux she has a quote that says ah uh, i cannot receive holy communion as often as i desire but lord are you not all powerful remain in me as in a tabernacle and never separate yourself from your little victim wow what a profound thought so that at this time we are called to become a tabernacle yeah. mm-hmm. a tabernacle that you know uh, where the lord will stay forever you know he used to give some saints that quality mm-hmm. where he said till your next communion you know i will i will remain i will remain yeah. in your heart and that is true for us and we have to actualize that now otherwise you know how are we going to live so let us thank the lord for such an opportunity of this time and pray with all this communion of saints that you know uh, we will be able to enter into this because what can separate us from the love of christ yeah. nothing. nothing absolutely nothing so let us make ourselves a tabernacle and you know let us wait for the unfolding of these mysteries that the lord want to give us in patience and that reminds me of a bible passage um uh, from john 15 verse 4 remain in me as i remain in you wow yeah yeah that's that's really profound you know Uh, so why don't we pray as usual with the collect prayer the yeah. lord is giving us the app to collect every day so let us pray grant we pray almighty god that by saint joseph's intercession your church may constantly watch over the unfolding of the mysteries of human salvation whose beginnings you entrusted to his faithful care through our lord jesus christ your son who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the holy spirit one god forever and ever amen, amen.